Finding a deeper purpose, finding fulfilling work, finding your calling. Whatever you name it, most of us are looking for it, and it can be daunting. Let's start by zooming out to a study of 400 graduating high school students with a high sense of purpose. Research revealed that a major step-defining purpose is engaging in diverse life and career experiences. Students with a strong sense of purpose spent time cultivating their passions, whether it was biology or art, and they didn't wait for their passions to simply appear out of thin air. Their passions grew as they tried new pursuits and engaged in their interests. The purposeful students also took part in socially useful opportunities, like volunteer or nonprofit work, shadowing teachers or medical professionals, or working jobs or internships that contribute to the greater good. They often reached out to their social networks to find internships or meet with professionals to learn from their experiences. It doesn't matter how old you are or how far you are into your career. There is something you can learn from these teens if you're looking for more fulfillment in life. Try something new. Pursue your greatest interests. Do things that benefit others. Leverage your social network. But most importantly, don't be afraid to fail. Fear of failure will hold you back from learning and growing and finding that sense of purpose. I'm Kaylee Savona, and we are The Recognition. Welcome to The Recognition. My name is Kaylee. I'm here with Neely. How's it going? Okay, so thank you for doing that for me. I'm on the tail end of uh, what I've lovingly called a man cold. A man cold. Um, This is basically like a common cold to women, but for some reason, dudes just take it way harder. So true. Like, just soak it up. Like, ah, I need, you know, some some couch time and Mm -hmm. like lots of liquids and some hot tea. And Oh, thanks for doing that. Um, yeah, so it's been about a week in which uh, I think my wife's ready for me to get over it. Probably. Um, She's probably like, come on now. But it's like once a year. You get a man cold. You just need to take <laughs> some time. So while I was out, you had a chance to talk to Randy Roberts. How did mm-hmm. that conversation go? It was awesome. So Randy is an executive and career life coach, and she helps people find their purpose and re-energize at work find that motivation that maybe they used to have and went away so lots of important things um i think one of my favorite parts of the conversation was when we talked about when you do finally achieve that big giant goal that you had you know like this is gonna be where i've peaked this is what i'm striving for and sometimes when people achieve that goal it's like now what Like, what do I do now? Maybe you're not feeling fulfilled or happy. So we dove into a lot of those types of things and how to find that motivation for yourself, how to help your employees find that motivation. So it was a very enriching conversation. That's awesome. I could use myself some energy. So I'm looking forward (laughs) to, to listening to this. Without further ado, here is Randy Roberts. I am here with Randy Roberts, executive and career life coach. How are you today, Randy? I'm doing really well, Kaylee. Thank you. Great to hear. So I would love if you could start off with, for our listeners, just a little bit of your background, um, basically what led you to where you are today. Sure. Happy to. 
So I'm one of those lucky people that has had two careers that I just absolutely loved. The first was in the pharmaceutical industry. So I started as a sales rep and worked my way up to um, running a billion dollar business in the US for one of the biggest pharmaceutical companies. And I loved it. I was one of those crazy people that like couldn't work enough and and the travel and the evenings and whatever it was, was all okay because I was just having so much fun doing it. Until one day, I wasn't. And what I realized was I've always been a person who needs to, like, I need my work to make a difference. I need to sort of be connected to a higher purpose, if you will, and do some good. And I had gotten so high up in a big hierarchical organization that I was just too far away from that. I mean, in pharma, what what the, that industry does is help patients extend lives, you know, healthier outcomes. And I was too far away from that. So it was time for me to reflect and see what I needed to do to get re-energized and make a change. I wasn't done. I knew I had a lot of years left to work. So, um, the, and that situation just wasn't going to be tenable for me. So what I did was I started my own coaching business and sort of helped people through similar experiences to what I had. And I, I call myself an executive and career life coach. The executive piece is helping people overcome obstacles, get to the next level. If it's a VP level, if it's a C-suite, um, and support them when they take on new levels of responsibility, because that's a really important time in someone's career. So I love doing that work. And then the career life part is really my belief that people deserve to love their work while they're achieving their goals. And we spend so much time doing it. And, you know, it's, it's, if you're in a job for two years, say that you're not loving, that's two years of your life. So I'm all about, you know, my own podcast is called Fulfilling Career Happy Life. And that's what I'm all about. That's sort of that piece of the business. And, you know, one of the things that brought me here to you today. So um, and then on the personal side, I've been married forever um, or 32 years, which are, however you want to count it. I have a grown daughter. So I've been through that phase of having kids at home and highly recommend the empty nest phase. Um, and just, you know, really excited about my second career the way I was about my first. So that's awesome. It sounds like overall mission of the coaching, Randy Roberts coaching is helping people find that fulfilling career, helping them to continue um, to grow and learn. So I would love if you could share some of your best practices for when you are coaching. How are you um, helping people stay energized? How are you helping them find that motivation and fulfillment? Very often the situation that I'm dealing with with my clients, Kaylee, is that they did once have that motivation and the things that used to excite them are kind of now exhausting them. So oftentimes it's a matter of finding motivation that used to be there, which is great because they know what that feels like and they know when it's missing. And a lot of times what we have to do is it's it's some inner work in terms of what are the things that are still working for them? What are the things that are missing for them in their current situation? I have a tool to, to share that can help with that. Um, but one of the things that I think we discount is how we change over time and how the things that the very same thing that may have excited us at one point and been challenging and really sort of lit us up no longer does for whatever reason. So it's important to get to the bottom of what's important to us now and what's missing. And 
um, if I could, I'll just mention the tool that I offer. It's available free on my website. It's a career satisfaction assessment, which if someone is feeling like something's just not right anymore and I don't know what it is, which is something that I hear all the time, this kind of a tool can be a great place to start because it gives you a way to objectively look at what is working for you and what's not working for you anymore. Because I'm very big on if you don't know the answer to that, you may take the problem with you or you won't know what to look for, or you may be able to make some changes right where you are. You may not have to change jobs or companies at all. And so digging into that a little bit can make sure that you're you're solving the right problem. I love that. So I think one of the biggest problems today is everyone just has a million things going on. And we all have all these tasks that the to-do list just seems never ending. And people think about their own engagement, maybe that's a nice to have, um, as well as leaders engaging their own employees. That's just a nice to have. That's an extra thing. But really, I mean, we believe that it's a must have. Um, So how do you help people navigate juggling priorities and making sure that those nice to haves um, that are really must haves are actually being at the forefront? Yeah, I think it's a really important question. And what it comes down to, if I were to sum it up, is setting some boundaries, which sounds really easy, but it's really hard because we're so good at complicating things and we're so good at filling up our schedules and we're so good at feeling like everything we need to do is equally important and we have to be involved in it in order to get it done right. So, you know, some of those things may relate, some of the folks that are listening may relate to some of that. So, One of the things that I would say is you do have to be selective about what are the things on your list that really are the most important and what are the things that really need your attention and what are the things that maybe just don't even need to get done or can be delegated to somebody else. And sometimes we feel bad delegating, but the truth is if you're leading a team, some of these things that are important, but maybe don't make your list of what's important are developmental for others. So it's not like you're shoving work on somebody. You're giving them an opportunity to step into something that may be really intriguing and of benefit to them, may give them a challenge that they're they're wanting. So I would say give yourself permission to delegate. It's good all around. And then here's another thing is have the courage to leave something undone. If you're not sure if it's really important or not, leave it undone. You will get the answer of whether it's important enough if it's important when it either circles back to you or nobody asks about it. Um, And, you know, so doing some little experiments that way um, can really help too. But the truth is if we don't clear the decks and give ourselves time to think, we're just not going to do as good a job at the things that are on our to-do list as we think, as we could. You're not going to be given your best. So it really is an investment in making a little space to think. In addition to just how busy things get and needing to delegate, another problem in the workplace um, can be feeling maybe a a lack of control over things, whether it's a frontline employee or a leader that just feels like, I don't get to determine where I'm going. I don't get to determine if I get that promotion. Um, So what advice do you have for those people to basically take control of their career and feel like they can drive where things go? 
it's a challenge, especially if you work for a big company where processes are well-established and there's sort of rules you need to follow. But it's hard in different ways if you're in a small place because there just may not be as many opportunities. Everybody's wearing multiple hats and all that. So depending on your situation, I guess what I recommend is having that open discussion with the key stakeholders. That might be your boss. That might be their boss. Um, it might even start with talking to a peer or a mentor or something to try and get to the bottom of it and get really clear on what it is you want. And I always look for a win-win, meaning like if somebody, when I was running a business, if somebody came to me and said, here's what I want to do. And it had to be realistic. It wasn't like such a huge stretch that I couldn't envision with their current skill set them being successful there. But it may just have been something that I didn't see as an opportunity for them. So if they came to ask about something and talk, or wanted to even brainstorm what could provide challenge or, or developmental opportunities, I would look for why is that good for the company and why is that good for the individual? And if you can see both of those things, it makes it really easy to find a way to make that happen. And icing on the cake is if you can make it good for your boss, the person that you're making the request of, man, does that make it easy. So that's that's the way um, I think I would approach it is take on those conversations that can feel tough. It may unlock some amazing things. And if it doesn't, that tells you something else too. You may need to make some different decisions. Hey there. Thanks for listening so far. I just wanted to say that we are so grateful for you giving our podcast a listen. And we would love to hear more about what topics and trends are affecting you and your team. That's why we created our community on LinkedIn to bring together HR and people leaders like you to address these issues, share our stories, and to meet new people. If you'd like to join, you can click the link in the show description or simply search The Recognition on LinkedIn. I look forward to seeing you there. Okay, now back to the episode. So Randy, I'm sure that something that you have encountered in your coaching is that somebody does finally achieve that biggest career goal. They have made it. This is what they've been striving for. Um, but they don't know what comes next. Maybe they even find themselves a little bit unhappy because I think that oftentimes we associate success is going to bring happiness rather than the other way around. Um, we're big on happiness advantage and all of those types of things. So how do you help uh, leaders and executives and people navigate um, what comes next when they've achieved that biggest career goal and if they're not feeling necessarily super fulfilled? I love this question so much because it's one that oftentimes people don't think about until they find themselves in that situation. And in fact, I experienced that myself. And it's one of the things that led me to changing careers. So I had worked toward my biggest job was to be franchise head, which meant something in my previous world. Basically, I was heading up big marketing and sales teams and had a big budget and, you know, convinced myself I was so important and all the things. That was the job that I worked towards for, for at least 10 years. You know, I had my eye on that. And then once I got there, it was, um, I really needed support because there were a lot of 
I'll use good language because we're on a podcast. There were a lot of holy smokes moments. I don't know what to do. And in fact, advice I give people is have a team of people that you can, that you really trust that you could call when you have those moments, because we all have them. But one of the things that I realized was not only is it important to be really honest with yourself, if that job is the right job for you, because you may have been working towards it for so long, it may not be the right fit anymore. So that's an important thing to acknowledge. But the thing that I found for myself was there was something missing and it took me a little while to figure out what it was and what it was. I no longer had that goal. I am someone who's very goal-oriented, and in fact, in my current business, I set up little competitions for myself to motivate me and you know all the things that I know I need. So I had achieved my big goal, and I no longer had a big goal. And so now, having that insight, I can really work with clients to, to set that goal, which might be achieving certain things within the job or changing things about the job or the structure or adding new, you know, revenue sources for the company. What like you may be in a position to really have influence over that. So it's, it's setting the goal, but it's looking at it in a different way. Not everybody wants to be the CEO. Not everybody wants to be in the C-suite. So if you've achieved that goal, what, what structure do you need to set up for yourself to keep your motivation as high as it needs to be? So I think that's the big thing is people don't realize that the goal is missing until they kind of like have this itch and don't know what the issue is. So that was definitely true for me. Yeah. So it sounds like just continuing to have that next goal. I mean, even if you've reached where you think is maybe the top or the peak, there's always something you can do and something you can strive for. If you're a person who's goal oriented and most people who get to that, you know, that next level kind of thing um, usually are. So, you know, and sometimes it's about like helping bring up the next level and really dig into developing others and that kind of thing. M most times you can find something that would be really satisfying for you, but you have to look for it. Yeah. Another thing you mentioned in there was the idea of having people to kind of call on. And I would love to explore that a little bit more. Can you speak to the importance of having not only you know a career coach and a mentor, but also a tribe of people that you trust and that are in similar positions to you and um, have similar experiences? Just being able to reach out to those people with a problem and say, hey, what would you do in this situation? I think it's important because I think we all need it. Because one of the things, um, very often people will come to me with a career challenge or doubts, that kind of thing. And one of the things that comes up in conversation at some point is they kind of ask like, am I the only one who ever felt this way or does everybody have doubts? And I think if people are being honest with themselves, everybody have has doubts. And that's just an important part of growth. Um, so having that support system at those times is really important. And the way I think about it is it's almost like having a board of directors, right? You have this, this um, table of people that you can go to, that you can really trust, that you know will be honest with you. And maybe there's different roles there. Like, I mean- you, if you're lucky, you have mentors who would really tell you what you need to hear and help pull you along and advocate for you. 
um, there might be some colleagues or friends that are just sort of cheerleaders. Like there's a moment when you need that, you know, it might be a spouse or partner that's there. The, the role that a coach can play there is as a coach, I have no agenda. Like if a, if a client comes to me with two different opportunities that they need to choose from, I have no agenda, which they choose. My focus is helping them make the choice that's right for them. Now, when I was mentoring people, my engagement maybe wasn't as pure. And by that, I mean, like if I was impressed with somebody who asked me to mentor them, I might be looking for ways to get them into my organization. Now, hopefully that worked out to their benefit too. But could I say I was completely, you know, unbiased and pure in that interaction? No. So, so that's why you need different parties at the table, if you will. And I would say you keep the group somewhat small because these are the people you really want to open up to. You really want to be honest about what's going on, what doubts you may have, what's working and what isn't. And that's not conversation that everybody gets into. Like not everybody is in that inner circle. I would love to go back to something that we talked about a little bit earlier, which is that idea of losing motivation um, and trying to find it again. And I think we're in this era of the great resignation has recently happened and quiet quitting and people are constantly changing jobs. The average tenure now is two and a half years, whereas it was way more in the past. So how do you help clients that are looking to change careers, but you're like, wait, maybe this isn't necessarily the move yet. Um, so how important is it to not just immediately quit and kind of take a step back and think about ways to find that fulfillment again in your current job? Well, I think it's really important. First of all, I don't think there's anything wrong with changing jobs if you're not fulfilled. I think people are smarter or more in touch with needing balance and that kind of thing. And so I'm all for that. But I would say sometimes the change is forced on you. Your your division gets cut or you just get let go for some reason. And if your priority is, wait a minute, I got to pay my bills, then you have a certain motivation. But if you're doing it on your own time frame, I think it's really important to take a good look at what's working for you and what do you need more of that you're not getting so that you know what to look for. You know, because there's not many people that have a goal of changing jobs every two years, especially if you're with a, well, whatever company you're with, there are definite financial benefits to staying longer. So if you can find a situation that's a good fit and grow within that, that that's, I think most people go for that rather than looking to um, make a lot of changes. So it's worth taking the time to think about what you need so you know what to look for. And, you know, it's not something that anybody else can do for you. But I would say get some help with that because a lot of times we get in our own heads and we just sort of get I don't know if tunnel vision's the right word. We're limited by our own imagination and the the way that we let ourselves reach and dream about things. And talking it through with somebody else, if it's a friend or whatever, it's amazing what that can unlock. And I think it's a combination of saying things verbally rather than just thinking them in your head. And it's getting another's perspective and another's ideas. So I think, you know, seek it out. And it might be a situation where, you have a friend who's going through a similar thing and you can provide that support for each other. Um, but it's worth doing that inner work to make sure that you're going after the thing that'll be a good long-term fit for you. I worry more about the 
quiet re resignation or quiet quitting than I do actually changing jobs because I think it's so costly to organizations and it's costly to the individuals in the job too. Like it, it's soul crushing to just be disengaged and, and phoning it in again, sometimes you need the salary and you're not ready to make a change. And I get that, but that's another advantage to putting the effort into figuring out what you need is that can take some of that energy and fo need for forward movement and channel it so that the stuff you're dealing with on the job is more tolerable, more palatable, whatever, however you want to put it while you're, you're making those shifts. So there's an awful lot of reasons to do it. And again, you don't necessarily have to leave your job. Once you figure out what that is, you may be able to fill that need right where you are and get those long-term benefits and all that stuff. So just depends on what the issue is. Yeah. I'm glad you touched on that idea of how detrimental quiet quitting can be. That's where I was going next. Whether it is to, like you said, you maybe you can find what you're looking for where you are, but maybe it is time to move on. And that's important for both employees and organizations to realize for sure. Very important. I agree with that. It, the cost both ways is is great. Yeah. So Randy, we have covered a lot of different tools here and a lot of great nuggets of advice. Do you have one piece to leave our listeners with? Um, because I think everyone is really looking for purpose, whether they admit it or not. So what do you think is the biggest difference maker when people are searching for fulfillment and purpose? You know, it's not rocket science. I think it's actually pretty easy, which is good because we can do it. Um, you know, it's okay to want that. Like give yourself permission to seek that if that's important to you. Sometimes we feel like those things are are softer or, you know, not not the things that should make it to the top of the priority list. And it's okay. It's your life. Like, why not go after that thing? Because you might get it. So that's, I think the the thing I would say is give yourself permission to want it. It's really okay. It's, it's, a, it's a noble quest. Yes, I love it. Um, how can our listeners connect with you? How can they find you? Um, website, etc. So probably the best way to find me is through my website, which is Randy Roberts. It's R-A-N-D-I-R-O-B-E-R-T-S coaching.com. You can send me a message through there. You can find some resources that I have, my own podcast, other things. And that tool that I mentioned, the career satisfaction assessment is available to you free. If you go to the fulfilling career, happy life section, there's all the resources there. So I would love it if people reach out and, you know, if there's something more they want to talk about or explore working together, um, I'd be happy to hear from them. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me, Randy. You have so much to offer for both leaders looking to find that fulfillment and energy themselves, as well as taking that advice and helping their employees find the same. So thank you so much. Thanks, Kaylee. I appreciate you having me on the show. Thanks for joining us today. And special thanks to The Fracture and Jay Matthews for their original music. Stay tuned for more episodes coming out every week that will touch on the topics that are important to HR and people leaders like you. If you have any recommendations or feedback, or if you are looking to partner on creating a more engaging recognition program, you can contact us at podcast at recognition.com. And as always, thank you. <laughs>